morning, everyone, and welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy, Jason, and we have some football to talk about today. Yesterday, of course, was Sunday. Today is Monday, which means we had football yesterday. We all know Sunday is football day. Lots of tons of lots of fun, tons of action. Great football day yesterday. I'm ready to talk about it. I hope you're ready to listen. So let's go ahead and get right on into it. And also, sip some coffee. And first things first, I, I, I can tell it's not quite working, not quite working, but I do just want to give a good shout out here to Chris Nova 10 on Twitter. As you guys know, I complained about my technical difficulties on Friday's episode. Chris reached out to me with some words of advice, some tips to try. I tried them all. I think we're coming to the point where I've got to upgrade my computer or uh, some of the advice he gave was maybe just get a less nice camera that that might be causing some bottleneck issues. Uh, but yeah, I've checked my internet speeds and everything. Everything should be good. All the drivers are updated. I updated OBS. Everything is everything is working as should be. Unfortunately, just there's a tiny bit of discrepancy between my, my this cable, uh, like this camera. Uh, if you guys remember, I did get it to work one time with the HDMI cable, but if I did the HDMI cable, then I'd have a weird box on my face and I couldn't get rid of it after calling Canon support. So uh, anyway, tried our best. Chris Nova 10 on Twitter. Thank you so much for, you know, taking the time to try to help me out here. It looks like I'm going to have to start a GoFundMe to upgrade my computer because I need a new processor, new GPU, uh, and a new a whole new motherboard if I'm going to do all of that. So uh, anyway, thank you so much for for still tuning in and, and uh, helping with that advice. And let's talk about some football, though. Let's talk about some football. <laughs> I've got to I've got to apologize and perhaps back up a tiny bit. On Friday we did a bold predictions episode and uh it, they were maybe a they were maybe a bit too bold. They were, they were perhaps a bit too bold out of my 12 predictions. Only two of them came true. I said the Ravens and Seahawks would go under. Uh, which was true, although although it did not happen in quite the way I thought it would go under. I just thought both teams would suck, not one team looking really good uh, and the Seahawks sucking, but still the under hit. And secondly, I said that the Rangers would look the best they have all year. Boom. It worked, but uh, I thought the Giants would win. But unfortunately, Daniel Jones got injured and it was really nothing that the Giants could do. Uh, we'll talk about that some more as we go game by game by game by game by game. Let's get on into it. Good morning, Jamie. Good morning, Anthony. Good morning, Chase. Good morning, Jimbo. Good morning, Ruckus. Great to see you all, as always. Let's start things off with the, I guess it was the Germany game, not the London game, the Germany game. We had the Chiefs facing the Dolphins, and we thought, we really did think it was going to be a very high-scoring, very exciting game. And honestly, the game kind of sucked. This was probably one of the worst games of the weekend. I know there was still some excitement, but neither Patrick Mahomes or Tua Tungavaiola had over 200 yards passing. No player outside of them even had 100 yards, no receiver, no running back. It was honestly abysmal performances across the board from every single player in this game. Uh, but some takeaways here are that Jeff Wilson and Salvon Almed both had five touches each. So it's still the Raheem Mostert backfield. And I assume that when Devon Achan comes back, Jeff Wilson will be relegated even more. It's going to be Mostert and Wilson. 
uh, for this backfield. That's really going to be my one takeaway from this game is that Jeff Wilson hasn't earned himself a role uh, now a couple weeks back from injury. It's still splitting usage with Salvin Ahmed and Devon A. Chan's return is right around the corner. So Jeff Wilson probably can safely be dropped uh, in your redraft leagues uh, if they're not crazy deep. But I mean, there's of course always still the chance that say like Raheem Mostert gets hurt or something like that and he would become usable again. But it seems as of now, he does not have much value. And then just a fun little thing to point out is the Chiefs top five receivers. The five top receivers in this game for the Chiefs, number one, Noah Gray, number two, Sky Moore, number three, Jarek McKinnon, number four, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, and number five, Kadarius Toney. That's right. Travis Kelsey was completely erased in this game. The Dolphins defense did not really let him do anything. Uh, and that's what they tried to take away from the Chiefs. And honestly, it kind of worked as it was only 21 to 14. And it was, I mean, uh, Jarek McKinnon scored a touchdown. It, it was it was just not, it was really not pretty uh, from any side of the ball. Um, and it, it should have been. It really should have been. These are two electric offenses, and we, were, we weren't treated to a good morning game, really, to be honest. It, it was kind of a snooze fest. It did at least go right up until the 1 p.m. slate. Like, we only had, like, 15, 20 minutes before the next game, so which was nice. Normally, they end a little bit earlier, and you have this weird, like, 45 minutes to an hour of waiting till the next game. But that wasn't the case. You know, the, this game was slow and boring. Uh, yeah, we can move on from it. Yes, Rasheed Rice scored a touchdown. Yes, Rasheed Rice scored a touchdown, but that was kind of it. Uh, it, it seems he's the touchdown guy, but still there's just not enough usage there, and there probably won't be. These Chiefs wide receivers are just too hard to pick between. So let's move on to the 1 p.m. slate now. Uh, a disappointing game here, but it is what it is. Vikings, Falcons. Are you guys ready for this one? <laughs> As you guys know, Falcons fan, rooting for them, live here in Atlanta. Uh, had some expectations going into this game. But first, before we get into the expectations, we've just got to play this. <laughs> Round of applause sound effect for Joshua Dobbs. Josh Dobbs traded to the Vikings this week on Wednesday. Doesn't know the playbook. Has never taken a snap in practice with any of the offense. Barely knows anyone's names comes out after Jaron Hall gets injured and leads the Vikings to a victory in Atlanta. A fantastic performance, a legendary performance, if you will, from Josh Dobbs, 158 pass yards and two passing touchdowns, as well as 66 rush yards and a rushing touchdown. I know uh, that, you know, obviously 158 pass yards isn't a ton, but still, to get those two passing touchdowns plus the 66 rush yards and a touchdown, this is probably one of the best performances of all time. I'm not overreacting when I say that. It is incredibly impressive what Joshua Dobbs did, not knowing the playbook, not working with any of these guys, and to be able to come out and perform at such a high level. Just, I was sitting there just watching in disbelief just what he was able to accomplish, and I and. He deserves really all the flowers in the world. You can already go check out the post game. He gets the game ball and everything. And it was just really remarkable speech by Kevin O'Connell. And I'm really just happy for this Vikings team that they're able to continue competing with the absence of Kirk Cousins. And now you've got Justin Jefferson coming back. Joshua Dobbs, I assume, is going to stay the starter. But who knows? Jaron Hall honestly looked fine before getting injured as well. But still, just uh, honestly, just such a great game from Dobbs. Happy for him. Happy for the Vikings. 
round of applause one more time because it, it really doesn't get much better than that. That's why we love football here. You can't count out any team. And I guess also, real quickly, while still on the Vikings, uh, Cam Akers is done. Cam Akers is done. I'm finally saying it. Of course, it's going to come as he tore his Achilles in this game. Will point out this was not the same Achilles, so now he has both of his Achilles messed up. I can't imagine he's going to be able to return to any sort of relevancy. I'm sure he might bounce around like Deontay Foreman has or something. But yeah, the, the the days of the Cam Akers ever becoming a thing are done. And it's a shame because it was trending that way. You know, he was getting touchdowns. He was getting similar usage to Alexander Madison, was starting to look explosive. And then he tears his Achilles. So unfortunately, it's over for Cam Akers. I hate to say it, but it is done. Uh, I mean, throw them in your IR if you have that, but otherwise drop them in Dynasty, get a third round pick for them. I mean, it, it, it is over. It is over for Cam Akers, unfortunately. And I wish I had a boo sound effect. I thought I had one, but I don't. <laughs> no boo sound effect. What do I got here? I'll just say this. Uh, Arthur Smith. You thought you had us, Arthur Smith. You thought you were smart. You thought you were a genius. Arthur Smith, you are an idiot, and you deserve to be fired. This is absolutely ridiculous what you've done with this Atlanta Falcons team. You have all the talent around you in the world, and you refuse to use them. In fact, you have a young quarterback who is starting to show some promise in Desmond Ritter, albeit turning the ball over, but showing some promise and being exciting and leading this offense in a decent way, scoring some points, scoring some fantasy points, actually being exciting, and you bench him for a guy who was always a journeyman, was always bouncing around. And yes, he is good to rely on if you need him. But Taylor Heineke does not uh, give the ceiling that Desmond Ritter does. Taylor Heineke does not operate this offense in the way that Desmond Ritter does. And this is what we talked about. Arthur Smith, last week, I said before the news even came out, it would be stupid to bench Desmond Ritter right now. This was an easy matchup against the Vikings. This is the perfect opportunity to take your young quarterback, who is showing some promise, into a game where they should win against the Vikings, against a, a defense that hasn't really been able to do much, against a team with their backup quarterback, and then ended up being their backup backup quarterback who didn't even know the playbook. Desmond Ritter would have won this game. Desmond Ritter would have easily won this game. And Desmond Ritter would have had better stats than Taylor Heineke did. I don't care that last week when Taylor Heineke came in, he made the game more competitive. He was still only 12 for 21, right? It wasn't even like he was ex excellently operating this offense. And I know he didn't have Drake London yesterday. But to finish the day, 21 of 38, 268 yards, only one touchdown, one interception, only 20 rush yards. And that touchdown was a screen pass to Jonu Effing Smith. A 60-yard receiving touchdown for Jonu Smith. That was a screen. Taylor Heineke doesn't deserve those points. He did not play well. And Desmond Ritter should have had the opportunity here because now what Arthur Smith has done is he's completely, completely torn apart this locker room. You can't do anything now. You have put yourself in the most difficult position you can. And it was easily avoidable by just letting Desmond Ritter play again and then benching him if you need to. But the opportunity last week was what it was, right? You bench him, you let him see that Taylor Heineke can operate this offense and get him into within a, a reach of winning the game last week against the Titans. 
And you use that as a reset. You say, Desmond Ritter, look, you're turning the ball over too much. We have this guy right behind you who can operate our offense. But we're giving you one more chance. Get right, man. And now they can't do that. Now they can't do that. Now what they're going to have to say is, ooh, hey, I'm Arthur Smith. Hey, Desmond. Hey, Des. Um, I know we benched you for Taylor Heineke, and Taylor Heineke played worse than you would have, and Taylor Heineke couldn't beat the Vikings with their backup backup quarterback who didn't even know the playbook. Um, And I know that was kind of my fault, and I probably jumped the gun a little bit and uh, didn't give you enough respect or chance or opportunity Uh, But anyway, uh, we're going to have to either go to you and I'm going to eat crow or we're going to keep going to Heineke, who's not going to do any better than you would. And that's a really, really big issue. Arthur Smith deserves to be fired at this point. He's way too arrogant. Honestly, a piece of shit for, for some of the things he says in interviews and the way that he has turned this offense into absolute turmoil. How is John U. Smith going for 100 yards and a touchdown? And Kyle Pitts barely doing anything in a game without Drake London. How is B. John Robinson having a less than 50% rushing opportunity share for the last four weeks? How? What are you doing, Arthur Smith? Terrible, terrible head coaching display. Can't lead men. Can't call plays. Can't do interviews. He can't do anything right. He can't do a single damn thing right. Get him out of here. I'm tired of Arthur Smith. I'm done with it. I'm done. Done. We're moving on to the Browns Cardinals. We're moving on to the Browns Cardinals. The Browns absolutely dismantled the Cardinals 27 to 0. No Cardinals takeaways here. Clayton Toon didn't do anything, so the rest of the offense didn't do anything. Clayton Toon. Two interceptions, one lost fumble, 58 pass yards, 26 rush yards, absolutely nothing done by him. So therefore, none of the other Cardinals did anything. Real quickly, there's honestly just not much to talk about in this game at all, but there are some decent takeaways here from the Browns. One, Deshaun Watson perhaps didn't rush back too early. We saw a couple weeks ago when he tried to return, he basically re-injured himself, couldn't get anything going, was clearly playing through pain. This week was fine. 19 of 30, 219 yards, two touchdowns, 22 rush yards, no turnovers. Amari Cooper had 139 yards and a touchdown. That was pretty good to see. And Jerome Ford. Jerome Ford is healthy. He's definitely healthy. Jerome Ford, 20 carries for 44 rush yards, so not incredibly efficient, but also five receptions for 33 yards. Again, not that efficient. But to see 25 touches from a guy who had been limited for the past two weeks, had been out-carried by, by Pierre Strong and Kareem Hunt the week before. To see him come back out and get a true lion's share of opportunities, that's really good news for those who have held on to Jerome Ford and still believe in him. Kareem Hunt, however, though, still vulturing touchdowns. 14 carries for 38 yards, but gets that touchdown. It seems that that's just what it's going to be. Hunt is just going to get the touchdowns. Jerome Ford's going to get everything else. That's frustrating, but it is what it is. That's just what the Browns do. They did that with, with, uh, with Chubb as well, with Chubb and Hunt. It just, for some reason... They like to give Hunt the touchdowns. It is what it is. It'll be fine. That just means there's two running backs now in this offense that are startable. The next game, another stinker. Yesterday's games honestly kind of sucked. <laughs> the Rams-Packers, 3-20. to 3-20. to 20. The Rams absolutely get nothing done with Brett Rippon. Proving the point. Uh, I, we talked about this on TikTok. Me and Toomey, who's now helping us over on TikTok, the FF Strategist. You can find him on Twitter. You can find him on TikTok. I believe he has an Instagram 
we had a great discussion actually just a few times because lots of Puka Nakua questions came up. Of course, no one's really asking about Cooper Cup, but we kind of discussed it. And I, I had just said, you know, like part of what makes Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua so good is not just the fact that they're really, really good route runners and can find the space. It's the fact that Matthew Stafford thinks the same. And so he knows what his wide receivers are going to do. And he's able to hit them in a certain way that other quarterbacks just don't understand. Brett Rippon doesn't understand defenses and pockets and zones in the way that a Matthew Stafford does. And apparently not even in the same way that Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua do. It is a lot, and and it's not shown, but a lot of what Nakua and Cup have been successful in is improvisation. It's not just running the route that's written. It's running the route that's written, but noticing a space and stopping or noticing a zone and running to it. And Matthew Stafford being able to also improvise and find the receiver in that area. You can't do that with a backup quarterback. And so, yeah, Cooper Cup and Pukunakua, both really bad days. Not for lack of targets. Both of them had seven targets. But Nakua, three receptions for 32 yards. Cup, two for 48. Saved in PPR formats. I mean, obviously not zero pointers, but still uh, not the best of days. And that's honestly what you're going to be able to expect going forward if Brett Rippin, Rippin has to keep starting. Because like I said, this is a Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Pukunakua mind meld situation not just hey these wide receivers are really talented they're going to get open and get points no matter what it's that they're very talented and so is their quarterback and they're able to get at a certain level that other wide receivers and quarterbacks and defenses really just can't cover and can't comprehend and can't get to at the level that they're at so hopefully Matthew Stafford can return soon and we'll see some points from these guys again otherwise very disappointing if you can, perhaps use this opportunity to buy either one of these wide receivers. There's still so many question marks around the two, but I think ultimately they're going to be fine. And ultimately they will have a better contingency plan for when Matthew Stafford does retire. Now, the Packers, not too much to say, although Jordan Love didn't turn the ball over. So, hey, right, hey, good job, Jordan Love. You know, you always like to see a young guy, especially one like Jordan Love that has been struggling the last few weeks. They did turn the ball over and he played a complete game of football. They win the game uh, and he gets Luke Musgrave a touchdown and Aaron Jones also finally gets a touchdown. So that is cool to see Luke Musgrave leading the receivers in this game. Pretty surprising. Christian Watson had one good reception, but then had to leave for an injury. Romeo Dobbs didn't get much going. Jaden Reed didn't get much going. It was actually Dontavian Wicks, the the kind of secondary guy out there. Uh, He had four targets, brought in all four, four, 48 yards. This is something to keep your eye on. I'm not going to tell anyone to go rush to the waiver wire to get Dontavian Wicks. If you have a room, you know, maybe throw like three, four bucks at him. Uh, but I, I, it's already a crowded room. And I I doubt that this is going to be something that you can bet on on a consistent basis. Yeah, I mean, obviously in your dynasty leagues, if you want to take a chance, you can. But I'm probably not really going to worry about it. But definitely something to monitor if, if the Packers keep using this Wicks kit. You know, we talked about him at the Senior Bowl. Todd Father had interviewed him and everything. So, you know, maybe maybe there's something to it, but I, I doubt it. Well, I want to see it at least one more week before saying, all right, go spend, you know, a bunch of fab on Dontavian Wicks. Not really worried about it. I think, you know, obviously there's still Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, Jaden Reed, Luke Musgrave, Aaron Jones gets some passes. Uh, don't really worry about it. Next game, we have the Patriots and the Commanders. The Patriots did lose this game, 17-20. to 20. But honestly, there's some big takeaways here. One, I do think I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of say I I think I think that Ramondre Stevenson is back. Now I know that a, a lot of his production came off a 60 yard run, 
uh, which was awesome. And then after that, for some reason, he was barely used after he had that really big play. But to see his first 100-yard game of the season is pretty good. And of course, he had the touchdown, nine carries for 87 yards and a touchdown and four receptions for 42 yards. With these injuries to the wide receivers, I think Ramondre Stevenson is going to continue to have a floor like this. Just hopefully Bill Belichick doesn't continue to go away from him. It was really, really weird that his snaps actually went down after this long run. But still, I think, I think that Ramondre Stevenson is back. I, I really do. I think that he's about to be basically the most consistent point of the Patriots offense. Now, I know that doesn't really mean much, but still, I think that he's going to get you, you know, 10 points a game from here on out. The receivers, we have to talk about this. Demario Douglas, as expected, was the leading receiver, 5 of 7 for 55 yards. Pretty good. But Juju Smith-Schuster actually showed some promise in this game as well. He finished 6 of 7 for 51. And lastly, Tyquan Thornton. This was one I just wanted to keep my eye on in general. He did get four targets. So it'll be interesting to see how this develops rest of season. Only brought in one of them for seven yards, but he is the big play threat on this offense. And as they continue to get more desperate, Tyquan Thornton could kind of work himself into a role and that field stretcher could actually become a true field stretcher, boom or bust option. If he can continue to get at least four targets, I do think we'll start to see some relevancy here over the next few weeks, especially as they still have to play the Dolphins again, the Bills again. Uh, and probably some other decent offenses will they'll have to keep up with. They are, however, the Patriots' last place in the AFC right now, so I'm sure they're probably at this point going to try to tank. Uh, but still, I do, like I said, if Tyquan Thornton continues to get four more targets, I do think that we'll start to see some relevancy. Go throw a buck on him this week. Go throw a dollar on him. For the Commanders, Jahan Dotson is back. Jahan Dotson gets himself another touchdown, got eight targets, took in four of them for 69 yards, nice, and scored a touchdown. And of course, of course, in a game against the Patriots, Antonio Gibson's going to go off. We had actually joked about this on the TikTok uh, live stream, the starter sit with Toomey. We said it's going to be so funny if Antonio Gibson has a day against the Patriots. Not a true day, but uh, you know, compared to what Antonio Gibson had been doing this season, he had six carries for 35 or 34 yards and then five receptions for 42 yards. So a good day from him. And even better when you notice that there was no Chris Rodriguez. So Antonio Gibson might have earned himself back into that RB2 and hopefully can continue to get some usage. This seems to be, you know, he was in that Curtis Samuel role maybe because Jamison Crowder was definitely relegated a bit after a big game last week. So maybe it'll continue. We'll have to see. Hopefully it does because five receptions for 42 is exactly what you want to see from Mr. Gibby. And of course, Brian Robinson stays steady, 16 carries for 63 yards and a touchdown. Decent game. That's kind of what you're hoping for for him. RB3, little bit of a flex option if you need some points, uh, but still not much ceiling there from Brian Robinson and not sure when it'll come. The next game, we had the Bears taking on the Saints, and the Saints do pull off this game 24-17, to but it was honestly pretty close, and Tyson Bajit had himself a day. Tyson Bajit, 220 pass yards and 70 rush yards and four turnovers. But, you know, we'll gloss over the four turnovers because the game stayed close. He got Cole Komet two touchdowns, which was fantastic to see. That's just what Cole Komet does. I feel like Cole Komet has like the most two touchdown games out of any uh, tight end I've like ever seen. This is already a second time this season with two touchdowns. And he had two games last year also with two touchdowns. This guy just gets them. He just gets those touchdowns. It is what it is. And in case you're wondering how the running back split happened, Deontay Foreman 
is what happened. Deontay Foreman had 20 catches or 20 touches for 83 yards. And Roshan Johnson had two carries for six yards and one reception for nine yards. This could just be, you know, we're working Roshan in. But still, you would expect if that's the case, even a bit more usage. It seems Roshan has not earned himself a role. And it's at this point, I I don't know when it's going to happen. It's, of course, going to take some injuries. He had a huge opportunity during his concussion. Unfortunately, snake bitten that he couldn't, you know, recover fast enough. And Deontay Foreman just played too well. And he still is playing not really well, but just not uh, replaceable, I guess would be the word. So Roshan Johnson probably droppable in redraft for the saints Taysom hill continues to produce it is honestly remarkable what Taysom hill is doing Taysom hill has a passing touchdown and a receiving touchdown and then also added 52 rush yards so a great game for Taysom hill those of you who have him as your tight end you are thrilled he is a huge part of this offense in fact yesterday was really the only part of the offense chris olave did score and so did Jawan johnson but alvin Kamara didn't get much done and although Chris Olave scored, he only had 46 yards. And Jawan Johnson, although he scored, he only had 29 yards. Although I will say, I will say Jawan Johnson is interesting. This is someone we talked about a lot this offseason and hoped he could earn himself a big role in this offense. Five targets. Brought in all five of them. Yes, again, only 29 yards, but did score. And this was his first game back from injury. So Jawan Johnson, we could see trend up a little bit more. Uh, and hopefully this is only the beginning of him earning himself a nice role in this passing offense. Derek Carr has been playing a little bit better recently as well. So Jawan Johnson, if available, definitely should be picked up, especially if you're in need of a tight end. The next game, one of the most disappointing games on the slate was the Seahawks-Ravens. Uh, the Jared Goff-Geno Smith comparisons continue here. As we remember, the Lions were absolutely shut out by the Ravens as well. They lost 6-38. to the Seahawks lose 3-37, to could not get anything going. I mean, there is literally nothing really to highlight from the Seahawks offense. However, Zach Charbonnet has outsnapped Kenneth Walker for the second week in a row. Hard to read into it because last week, you know, Kenneth Walker was you know, not really practicing all week, was a bit of an injury thing. This week, they're not running the ball a lot anyway, super far behind. So why even risk the health of Kenneth Walker? So next week, hopefully they can have a more normal circumstance and we can see how this split actually is. But if Charbonnet is available, he's definitely one of the best handcuffs out there, if not the best handcuff available. Because if Kenneth Walker did go down, we are talking about a bell cow. That is just how the Seahawks use their running backs. I don't think that this is going to be a committee. And even if it is, as we saw last week, even though Kenneth Walker was out snapped, he still had almost 100 yards and outproduced Zach Charbonnet by a wide margin. I don't think that'll ever change, even if this goes down to 50-50, which I doubt it goes that low. If anything, we're probably talking about 65-35, maybe 60-40, but still, Kenneth Walker's fine. Don't panic. Zach Charbonnet, though, definitely an interesting player to keep your eye on, as uh, Pete Carroll has been singing his praises in interviews the last week and a half. So definitely someone to pick up and perhaps buy low as the underlying metrics of usage are there, but not quite the fantasy points. It's, it's an interesting opportunity. And Jackson Smith and Jigba, he's happening, ladies and gentlemen. We said all off se- or all season, uh, while things were starting off slow, that you need to continue to try to buy him. Continue to expect the breakout to happen because it will happen. 
and it's been slow and it's been steady. But yet again, Jackson Smith and Jigba getting it done. And yesterday he was actually the leading receiver, caught six of his seven targets for 63 yards. Obviously not a touchdown or anything crazy as no one scored a touchdown, but still to see him get the most targets and the most catches and the most yards, incredible, incredible news. The Jackson Smith and Jigba breakout is 100% still on the table. And for the Ravens, we had a lot of fun takeaways as well. One, Keaton Mitchell has broken out. We've been waiting for it. Uh, I kind of jumped the gun on saying that it wasn't happening this season. I thought his hamstring injury was a lot more serious. I definitely didn't expect him to play at this level immediately coming back off the injury. So great for him. I mean, we saw the profile and we thought he'd be good, but I just thought it would take a little bit longer. But now we're seeing nine carries for 136 yards and a touchdown, and he looked electric. He literally looked like Devon Achan. So Keaton Mitchell is going to be the priority add this week for sure. If he's available, everyone's going to be adding him. People will be spending up for him for sure, and it's going to be worth it because Justice Hill had 13 carries for 40 yards, and Gus Edwards only had five carries for 52 yards. Yes, he did score two touchdowns. That's going to be the trend, but I 100% believe that Keaton Mitchell will be able to take away Justice Hill's usage week in, week out. I think that it's going to turn into Gus Edwards, Keaton Mitchell, then Justice Hill getting a few extra gadgety type stuff. But Keaton Mitchell, 100% going to earn himself a role if he keeps playing like this. And I think he will. Granted, a lot of it was going to be game script dependent. I mean, he came in when the game was out of hand. Tyler Huntley even scored a touchdown. But still, this type of performance will earn him some more opportunity. And I think he's going to run away with it. So go get yourself some Keaton Mitchell. Odell Beckham. I said he would have a vintage game at some point. I don't I don't know. I, I think he still has more left in him. I really do. But yesterday was Odell Beckham's birthday. And he had five receptions for 56 yards. Scored himself the first Ravens touchdown. I'm going to continue to say, I think Odell Beckham still has some more left in the tank. I really do think that Odell Beckham uh, will have another great game this season. I I, I don't know why. I, I can't, it's, it's only a gut feeling here, but I don't know. I don't think Odell Beckham is dust. I really don't, really don't. And say Flowers, one reception for 11 yards. That sucks. That sucks. You hate to see it. Hate to see it. Really hope we sold high. That was like the one sell high of the sand <laughs> all year. Doesn't matter. He'll be back. He will be back. It'll be fine. He'll still get you that nice floor. Just sucks to see. We all thought his floor was a little bit higher than one reception for 11 yards. I think that, that we, we wanted a bit more than that. But it is what it is. It is what it is. The next game, ladies and gentlemen, does it get better than this? Does it get better than the Texans-Buccaneers game? There was so much that happened in this game. 39-37, to 37, by the way. Texans pull off a come-from-behind victory. Uh, and it everyone, everyone contributed. Kaimi Fairbairn got hurt. And so they had to use Dare Ogumbawale as their kicker. And yes, he made a field goal. So round of applause to Dare Ogumbawale. You know? Because that was awesome. That was a really cool thing to see. And it was, you know, special because they also didn't use them for extra points. You know, like they were like, we're not using you for extra points. We're going for it on fourth downs. But in this one opportunity, we will make you kick a field goal. And he made it. And without making that, they don't win this game. But you know why? how else they wouldn't win this game? Without drafting C.J. Stroud, they would not have won this game. C.J. Stroud is more than just the rookie of the year. 
He's more than just the best rookie quarterback, and he's more than just one of the better dynasty quarterbacks out there in fantasy football. C.J. Stroud is more than just an MVP candidate. C.J. Stroud might just be the most valuable player of the 2023 season. Yesterday, 470 yards and five touchdowns with no turnovers. That is a rookie record for passing yards in a game. He got three different receivers over 100 yards yesterday. Noah Brown, leading receiver, six receptions for 153 yards and a touchdown. Dalton Schultz next, 10 receptions for 130 yards and a touchdown. And his new bestie, Tank Dell, six receptions for 114 yards and two touchdowns, including a game winner. And it doesn't stop there as Nico Collins got himself a score as well and 54 yards. All of those guys, fantastic days, but it doesn't happen without Coleridge Bernard Stroud. Coleridge Bernard Stroud this season with the 12th most pass attempts in the league right now is top 10 in pass yards, top 10 in pass touchdowns, top 10 in passer rating, and only has one interception through nine weeks of football. CJ Stroud should be the MVP. I don't care. I don't care that the Texans may not even make the playoffs he should be the MVP. It does not get much better than this. We've seen over the past few seasons, Tom Brady in the in the discussion for MVP just because he was older. And part of the discussion was, well, he's doing this at 40-something years old. You know, we need to, you know, give him a little bit of a bump. CJ Stroud is doing this in his first year in the NFL where no one thought he could do it, where he was counted out. People didn't even think he would go second overall. People thought he might fall out of the first at some point because he failed the S2 test and looked terrible, right? Because he's an Ohio State quarterback and he was carried by his wide receivers. No, no. If anything, C.J. Stroud carried those wide receivers and it was a little bit of both. But C.J. Stroud proving all the doubters wrong on his way to being the offensive rookie of the year uh, and probably in MVP discussion. And I think he should just be the MVP because again, he's doing all this as a rookie where A, no one thought he had receivers, a new head coach, a new offensive coordinator, a, not the best offensive line, no rushing attack, no one in the, the team. The team total rushing yards in yesterday's game was 53 and 10 of them were Strouds. He almost had 10 times the amount of passing yards as the team had rush yards. It is phenomenal. Phenomenal what CJ Stroud is putting together right now. MVP. MVP. The Buccaneers. The Buccaneers, Rashad White gets two touchdowns. 20 carries for 73 yards and four receptions for 46 yards. This is why we said draft Rashad White. We don't care about the efficiency. We care about the volume and we care about the pass catching. And that's what we're getting. A fantastic day for him. Fantastic last few weeks for him. Continuously getting usage in the passing game. Continuously getting the rushing volume as well. And there's no backup worth a damn in this offense no one is getting volume so Rashad White true bell cow fantastic pick at his ADP this year congratulations to everyone that has him Kate Otten Kate Otten six receptions for 70 yards and two touchdowns another good game for him I hope he can continue to do that 
of fantastic tight end value. Uh, and hopefully this is just the beginning because as we saw last year, he had a nice connection with Tom Brady. And it's got to take something to have a connection with Tom Brady. I think Kate Otten could actually be someone uh, for sure. And Chris Godwin, he's slowing down a little bit. I, I, I'm getting a little bit worried about Chris Godwin. The ceiling hasn't really been there this year. And in a game where the Buccaneers score 37 points, Chris Godwin only has two receptions for 16 yards. So a little bit worrisome. Hopefully he gets it right. I think he will. But definitely, you know, not the season that we were hoping for him from him. The next game, we had the Colts versus the Panthers. And... As good as C.J. Stroud is, Bryce Young is about the opposite. I'm not going to go out here and say that Bryce Young is terrible. He's still showing a ton of promise. And if you actually watch these games, he doesn't look as bad as the box score suggests. 24-39 for 173 yards at a touchdown with three interceptions. And two of these interceptions were pretty bad. But honestly, this offensive line is just collapsing around him. And there's really no one doing him any justice. And the play calling has been terrible. The coaching hasn't been good. I'm not going to panic about Bryce Young. I will in redraft. But in Dynasty, I definitely think you need to be buying this guy. He has held up. I know he had the one week with the ankle injury. But other than that, he has been having some pocket presence making some nice plays, showing some awareness. I think that Bryce Young will ultimately be fine. We've seen some rough rookie seasons from 101 going back years and years and years and years and years, but even recently, just Trevor Lawrence, right? I think Bryce Young will turn it around. It's just going to take a little bit more help, a better offensive line, and probably one more true alpha receiver. They're trying so hard to get Jonathan Mingo the ball, but he's just not doing anything with it. Hayden Hurst yesterday was the leading receiver with only two receptions for 54 yards. Chuba Hubbard didn't get much done. 16 touches for 56 yards. Miles Sanders only six touches for 39 yards. So we're seeing it for sure. Uh, I know it was announced Friday after Wake and Take that Chuba Hubbard is the new starter, has earned the job over Miles Sanders. So expect that kind of usage going forward for the running backs. Uh, but the Panthers passing attack, it's just going to be hard to expect much from it as things stand, unfortunately. Adam Thielen should 100% bounce back, but in terms of this game, was not there. Uh, and Bryce Young, just not there either. He's getting there. Again, he's showing some promise. I'm not panicking in Dynasty. In redraft, I think I will. I don't. I think that you could try to just get anything for him or just drop him in single quarterback. It's not going to happen this season, uh, unfortunately. Uh, for the Colts, the only takeaway I really have for you, the passing game was not that exciting. Josh Downs got hurt, but Jonathan Taylor is, is definitely here. Workhorse Jonathan Taylor is here. 23 touches for him and only seven carries for Zach Moss. Jonathan Terry had 69 yards. Nice. And a touchdown. Zach Moss took his seven carries for only 26 yards. Jonathan Taylor's here to stay. This is the usage we should expect and the type of backfield split we should expect going forward. The next game, we had uh, the Raiders versus the Giants. Shout out Antonio Pierce. This is what head coaching is about. Head coaching. It's not about too much more than just getting your players excited and pumped up to play the game of football. That's where it starts. And that is where Josh McDaniels failed. I don't care if Josh McDaniels is a good football mind. 
there's thousands of good football minds out there. What there are not a lot of are leaders of men. And Antonio Pierce is clearly a leader of men. The Raiders score 30 points in this game, absolutely shut out the Giants. And the Raiders actually had fun. They genuinely did. You could see it on the faces of the players. You could see it in the locker room after the game. This is what it should look like. And I'm glad the Raiders are able to enjoy this. And I think that they're going to be able to make some noise. This is what we talked about when Josh McDaniels was fired. We saw it two years ago or three years ago uh, with their last interim head coach. Players just play better when there's nothing to lose. And it is just awesome. It is just awesome that they were able to do all of that. They had a fantastic game, and it was just Josh Jacobs. It's just such a simple game plan. This was all you needed to do, Josh McDaniels. Give the ball to Josh Jacobs 26 times. He'll get you 98 yards and a touchdown. Just don't let Aiden O'Connell turn the ball over. Aiden O'Connell. I know it was a quiet day, but Aiden O'Connell, 16 of 25 for 209 yards and no turnovers. That's how you run an offense. Just a great day by the Raiders. I'm happy to see it. I love it. I'm a guy who loves good head coaching, and this is what it takes. It's just firing up your dudes and letting the coordinators handle the rest of the X's and O's. Get your guys fired up, and they'll win for you. For the Giants, some takeaways. Danny Dimes is likely done for the season, so we're going to be stuck with Tommy DeVito, which means sell all your Giants, Or if you're a dynasty, maybe use this opportunity to buy them if you believe in it for some reason. But it is going to suck the rest of the year. 15 to 20, 175 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. So not the worst thing in the world, but that's basically the ceiling. Wandale Robinson looked good. Four receptions for 35 yards and a touchdown. Love me some Wandale. Daniel Bellinger looked okay as well. Three receptions for 43 yards. Darius Slayton was the leading receiver with only 59 yards. Saquon Barkley only had three receptions for 23 yards. Luckily, he did have 16 carries for 90, but still lots to be desired from Saquon's usage. I mean, if you have Tommy DeVito back there, why aren't you basically just running wild card with Saquon? I mean, I feel like Saquon should have more than three receptions in a game with Tommy DeVito at the helm. I re- like Saquon needs to get the ball every single time. Um, and to see them not doing that is a little strange. Maybe they'll, you know, work their game plan a little bit better now that they know that this is the situation they're in. But things are over for the Giants this season. They'll probably luck themselves into a top pick, which would be nice for them, considering they were a playoff team last season. But it is definitely interesting what's going on in New York. A total collapse this season. Uh, very interesting to see how they push out the rest of the year. If anything, Saquon I think, is about to be fed. So if you could buy Saquon for a reasonable price, do it. We've got two more games to talk about. Sorry, I've had some long rants in this episode, so we've gone a little bit over, but it is what it is. We're waking and taking, baby. Cowboys-Eagles. This game, a little disappointing to me. I thought both teams would go over 30. I thought we'd have a little bit more fireworks, but still, it was fun to watch for sure. Dak Prescott had another fantastic game. 374 yards and three touchdowns with no turnovers. C.D. Lamb had 11 receptions for 191 yards. Jake Ferguson had seven receptions for 91 yards and a touchdown. Those guys looked great. Tony Pollard, though, did not look great. Tony Pollard is getting concerning. He has been quiet and quiet and quiet and quiet and quiet until you can barely even hear him. 12 carries for 51 yards and only three receptions for 12. Something is not right here in the Dallas run game. 
I don't know if it's the type of play calls. I don't know if it's the usage. I don't know if it's just Tony Pollard isn't 100%, but it something's not right. I, I It sucks. It sucks. And this was honestly an easy one. I believe I called him my biggest bust running back uh, in in this year's preseason episode. I did a bust by position. I think it was Deshaun Watson, Darren Waller, Garrett Wilson, and Tony Pollard, all of which are pretty good picks right now, as, as much as it sucked to say it then. I'm not that upset about those picks now. For the Cowboys, they were okay, but they didn't pull the win out, uh, and the Eagles still on top of the NFC East and probably will remain. So Jalen Hurts, two passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. Kenneth Gainwell got himself a rushing touchdown. And both A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith had receiving touchdowns. However, A.J. Brown does end his streak of 125 yards uh, for, it was six games straight. It was an NFL record. It is done for. No longer has that record. Finishes the day with seven receptions for 66 yards and a touchdown. And Devontae Smith has three receptions for 51 yards and a touchdown. Important to note that Dallas Goddard did get injured in this game. Depending on the severity of it, look for consolidation between the two and perhaps look for Julio Jones to become a red zone threat. But I'm assuming it's just going to be A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith going forward, depending on the severity of Dallas Goddard's injury. And that is why we said on Trade Gods a few weeks ago, trade Dallas Goddard because it, he his value does not match the production and it's just a bit of a risky asset. The last game was the Bengals-Bills. And I don't know why this game is never as exciting as it should be. It was not the worst game in the world. I mean, you're not upset about a 24-18, to but it didn't even feel like a 24-18. to I mean, the Bengals basically controlled this game as evidenced by Joe Burrow having 348 passing yards and two touchdowns and even more evidenced by those two passing touchdowns going to Drew Sample and Irv Smith. And Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon is just dusty. Joe Mixon, 14 carries for 37 yards and a touchdown, so good for him, and five receptions for 31 yards, but just truly dust. I I, I, I don't know what's going on with Joe Mixon. Last year was kind of the same thing, right, where he just didn't quite show the ceiling that we were used to until randomly he had a 55-point game. I don't think that's going to happen this year. I know it's not bold to say, oh, Joe Mixon's not going to have a five-touchdown game this year. But still, I feel like Joe Mixon's ceiling is done. And that's fine because the Bengals are okay. They've had some impressive, impressive victories the last few weeks. Joe Burrow is truly back. And in this game, Jamar Chase barely even did anything. Jamar Chase, only four receptions for 41 yards, was outproduced by Tanner Hudson and Tyler Boyd. So that was rough to watch. Better days ahead for Jamar Chase for sure. Uh, and T. Higgins is back. This is we, we thought that he would be back at some point. It ended up being this game. Eight receptions for 110 yards. Welcome back, T. Higgins. And it's good. This is actually, this is the game where it started to go bad for T. Higgins. If you guys will remember, T. Higgins was the one that unfortunately hit DeMar Hamlin and caused that injury. He hadn't really been the same since. So to see him kind of exercise his demons against the same team where things went wrong, it is a true full circle moment. And T. Higgins is back. For the Bills, there are some takeaways here as well. Josh Allen is, of course, Josh Allen. 300 total yards, two touchdowns, one on the ground, and one in the air. That's awesome. What's not awesome is that he was the leading rusher 
eight carries. So he had the most carries and the most rush yards. He had 44 rush yards and a rushing touchdown. James Cook only had six carries for 20 yards. Luckily, he had four receptions for 19 yards. But I'm extremely concerned about James Cook right now. Very, very concerned. Leonard Fournette didn't get any usage in this game, kind of as expected. But I don't think that that's going to be the case going forward. I do think that Leonard Fournette will get some opportunity next week. And that's going to suck for James Cook, who really at this point has no ceiling. Because Latavius Murray in this game only had two carries. And yet James Cook still did nothing. So I'm very, very worried about James Cook. I'm selling him wherever I can, even if it's low, because I don't see much changing. And the Bills are going to be in an opportunity next year because they're going to be a playoff team, because they're going to have a late round pick, and because the rest of their team is solid, they're going to be able to invest in running back next year. So we're just going to be talking about another backfield by committee going into this, into 2024. So honestly, just get out on James Cook. And get in on some Khalil Shakir. His role is real. Khalil Shakir, 4-4 for 57 yards. Obviously not the best game in the world, especially compared to last week where he had 90 yards. But still, he is here. His usage is true. And I think it'll stay. And I think he's a good football player. So I'm buying in on Khalil Shakir. Cheap price. You could get him off waivers probably in most leagues still, even if he was a top ad last week. Khalil Shakir needs to be rostered. I like his usage and I think it'll continue. And be even more in on Dalton Kincaid. Dalton Kincaid season is officially, officially here. I know we said that last week and probably two weeks ago against the Patriots. But again, another double-digit reception game. 10 receptions off of 11 targets, 481 yards. Truly, truly unmatched usage and production. Dalton Kincaid will continue to look like this rest of year by high, by high on Dalton Kid Cade. Woo! We did it. We talked about every single game. We have one game left tonight. That'll be the Chargers Jets. Hopefully, I can get one more of my bold prediction uh right. I had my bold prediction for this game was that Zach Wilson would outproduce Justin Herbert. So stay tuned if that would happen or else my bold predictions were absolutely terrible. They were already really terrible. I'm never doing that again. No more bold prediction episodes. We're going to keep it simple. We're going to talk about football with actual knowledge and facts and not try to be ridiculous anymore because that just did not work. Uh, But anyway, do we have any questions? Sorry, trying a different monitor today. Can't see the comments. All right. Woo. Lots of comments in here. Lots of comments in here. Casey wide receivers are awful for fantasy. True. Been saying that since week one. Oh no. Chase is having a rough morning. Bench Schultz and didn't get into the Scott Fishbowl 300 club. F. Yeah, I'm not even in the Scott Fishbowl 200 club this week, but I did get my win. So that's fine. My, my, my opponent was even worse. Um, yeah, Dobbs is a true champ, a trooper. Um. Danny Dumpster Dimes, 160 milli down the drain. Very true. Very true. Mike says, honestly, bro, thanks for all the work you put in every day for Hey, all I can say to that is thank you for tuning in. I wouldn't do this without you guys. So I just, I enjoy being able to talk about the sport that we all love every morning. It does not get any better than this. So thank you as always for engaging and just being here. Every single one of you, genuinely. I love this stuff, and I'm glad that I have an audience that likes tuning in and engaging with me. It is genuinely, genuinely cannot say enough how much I love and appreciate 
being able to do this with you guys. So thank you so much for your kind words as well. Uh, it is obvious what the Rams are without Stafford. That is true. Not a contender. They need a quarterback. Let's see. Um, I was right that Stroud was that good. Yeah, that, that's kind of going to be one of my biggest victory laps from this offseason. Stroud and Tank Dell, Devon A. Chan, uh, Rasheed Rice becoming the main wide receiver on the Chiefs, uh, Sam Laporta being the better rookie tight end. Lots of good ones. Lots of good ones this year. Some bad ones, though, too. I've had some pretty bad takes this year, That's but that's okay. And I think that I, I think all of us, especially just as a community in general, are starting to understand that us analysts, we're not always going to be right, but we're trying our best and we're doing good enough. <laughs> That's what it's all about. So thank you for taking the good with the bad, everyone. Um, let's see. Yeah, Anthony Bryce wasn't awful besides the picks. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I really, like, I just, I Bryce Young is going to be fine. Like, he has genuinely impressed me outside of the turnovers. And that's something that's going to be fixed, especially since he's the 101. He's going to have a ton of time. He's going to be able to finish out his entire rookie contract. You've got to stick with Bryce Young in Dynasty. Don't panic. And redraft, yes. Just get, It's not happening this year. But I do think in 2024 and going forward, he'll be fine. Lots and lots of promise here. Tony needs his Zeke. I tend to agree. And that is why the Cowboys were probably in the running back market all offseason and up until the trade deadline. They felt they needed one more guy. They didn't get him. They should have. I mean, I feel like even like the Tony Joneses of the world would be nice. Uh, let's see. Um, Bengals just don't feature running backs with healthy burrow. This is true. Yeah. Joe Mixon, you know, like usually, and for the past few seasons, he would have some like receiving work, but no, it's, it's, it's not even there either. So yeah, Joe Mixon, probably a good sell candidate in redraft to be completely honest. I think you can get a guy like Ramondre Stevenson plus for him just because of name value. And I think that that would be good. Um, bills could definitely use another receiver snowman. I would love, I would love, um, another wide receiver at Buffalo, but it seems Don Kincaid is filling that role admirably. But yeah, I assume this is kind of in response to me saying they'll draft a running back. I think they'll do both. I think they'll draft a running back and a wide receiver to next year. They're definitely checking out offense because that's where they're struggling. It really is where they're struggling. It's the offense. And Stefan Diggs is only getting older. So yeah. No, I did not mention Gabe Davis. I probably should have, but oh well. <laughs> Gabe Davis, he's there. Just, you know, being there, boomer bust sometimes. Actually, the floor's kind of been there for him, at least in PPR. So so that's nice to see. Um, let's see. Is Deontay Johnson worth trading for in Dynasty? No. No, especially after a big game. I mean, I do think he's obviously got yourself a nice PPR floor, but I do think things will change. And as we've kind of seen, the squeaky wheel is getting the grease a lot this year. After wide receivers throw a temper tantrum, they bounce back. So look for George Pickens to be featured heavily next week. And Deontay Johnson still, I mean, the problem with Deontay Johnson is he's just so accurately valued every year. It's just like, it's not like, there's no value in Deontay Johnson. Sure. If you need the wide receiver, like it, it's, it works both ways. He's not too expensive, but he's not too cheap either. Like it's just the most accurately priced player. And it's always hard to buy those players. Like, unless you can pull off a one for one, maybe like of another player that you don't like, like if you need a wide receiver, you want to send a running back or something, but it, it, it just one of the hardest players to trade for is someone like Deontay Johnson. Uh, let's see. I see a bunch of stuff here on TikTok as well. I'm going to just do a few more so we can end this show. Uh, but man, thank you also for tuning in. Should I give, should I pick up Gus Edwards or Najee? Najee. Uh, I'm surprised Najee is available. 
let's see. D Hop and Montgomery for Cup. You get Cup. I think I would keep D Hop and Montgomery. I think I would keep D Hop and Montgomery. Um, you're up 11, but your opponent has Garrett Wilson. Am I taking the W or the L? I think you're probably losing this one, Fabian, especially if it's full PPR. I think Garrett Wilson should get just about that. Um, you have Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert, and you're down 56. Can you pull it off? Yes, you can, but I'm going to go with no. I'm going to go with no, you don't pull it off. I think the Jets' defense is too good to allow 56 fantasy points to Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen. But if it does happen, uh, I'm going to be very excited because I need Keenan Allen to go off as well. Uh, I just don't really expect it. I think Sauce Gardner is going to have himself a nice day against Keenan Allen. And without Josh Palmer as well, I do see that this Chargers offense is going to have some struggles to put up some points. If anything, this is the game I'm calling. I'm calling the Austin Eckler game, everyone listening. I'm feeling Austin Eckler tonight. If you want to make him your captain in DraftKings, I would not discourage it. I feel like this is the Austin Eckler game through and through. So that's what I'm expecting. Uh, let's see. Pick and showing if you want, you get your way. Yes, exactly. I think I think so. Um, DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, Thielen, pick two to trade for Saquon. Uh, trade away Deontay Johnson. If you can trade Deontay Johnson and Adam Thielen for Saquon, do that ambitious. If you can pull that off, that's a fantastic trade. Um, let's see. <laughs> Original Funko says, Quentin Johnson gets 75 yards and a touchdown. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. And finally, you just dealt Levis for a 24 first and second. If it's an early first, I'd think you did well, but I think Levis is honestly worth a first round pick or more a little bit right now. So I'm going to just say that this is a fair trade. And depending what that first turns into is how it's going to end up. But I think if you don't get a quarterback with that first round pick next year, then you've lost the deal, unfortunately. Um, but I, I don't mind selling him for some picks, especially if this is an early pick and you don't need a quarterback, which most people who drafted Will Levis didn't need a quarterback. They just wanted to, you know, have him, hold him, hope something could happen. But all right, guys, that should do it. That should do it. We've talked about a ton of things this morning. As always, this was a great way to take, and you guys were a fantastic audience. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope to see you all tomorrow at 10 a.m., on the player profiler, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and now TikTok. So have a marvelous Monday and a wonderful rest of your week. Peace.